Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. We have the winner for the Fate of Cthulhu book from Evil Hat. Can I get a drum roll, please? There we go, there we go. And the winner is Richard Lawrence. Congratulations, you have won a copy of Fate of Cthulhu, and you also get a new corruption stunt. So let us know what has mutated and how it helps you in the fight against one of the Dark Lords. Uh, so we will contact you through your email address and uh, get that book sent out to you. Uh, we also have a couple of weeks yet on the Dekuma giveaway if you want to enter to win a Dekuma deck. That's what I should say every week for my warm-up. Dekuma deck, Dekuma deck, Dekuma deck, Dekuma deck. It's good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, if you are interested in coming to the live show on April 12th at 2 p.m., uh, make sure to RSVP. The RSVP for that is the com slash birthday. As of right now, we have eight seats left, um, but we do have the option to upgrade to a larger space. So uh, get those RSVPs in if you think you're going to make it so that we can upgrade that space if need be. And then also, just in the sense of RSVPs, Gen Con's a while away, but it's also going to be here like tomorrow. So we're going to start doing the RSVPs for the IPT meetup at Gen Con. Uh, just like last year, it's going to be Saturday, August the 1st at 7.30 p.m. This will be at the IRT Theater. So RSVP for that. That'll be at thecritshowpodcast.com slash Gen Con 2020. Let us know if you're coming, how many people are coming with you. That way we can also know again if we need to get a slightly larger space than we were in last year. Just like last year, we'll have some snacks. Uh, it's already been requested by a number of people that we bring werewolf serum. Uh, this will be about a half hour after the live show, so you can just... Head on over from the live show that we're doing at Gen Con. So, well, I guess I shouldn't say that yet. We haven't gotten nothing from Gen Con is confirmed. But the time that we requested, this could all go sideways real fast. <laughs> but regardless, party at the IRT. Yeah. So again, that is thecritshowpodcast.com slash Gen Con 2020. And I think with visions of Gen Con dancing in our head, oh. it's time to let the recap roll. Ooh. I see you. You know... I wondered if your abilities might reveal my true nature to you. I'll give your friend his body back, and I'll go back home if you clean up my home. What do you mean by that? Go kill that stupid soul bat. I want some information before we leave. Very well. It's not just one thing that Nash is taking. He's taking something different from every world that he's gone to, because he's trying to change the scales of the universe and create the chosen for those of us that aren't human. You all get hit with that familiar wave of vertigo again. This version of Tass has become the wronged. I am the Spellslinger. And I am now the Monstrous. If we want to lock down this portal, do we board up the windows and stuff? Like, just make this as nailed shut as we can? Does Magic TJ have, like, a, a way to lock this down? 
we want to bar vampires. I trust you can undo it, because otherwise I can't get back to the portal either. Uh, yeah. Then yeah, I guess vampires out. I got a six. So TJ, as you lose control of this magic, there's a bright flare in the room, and Jake is violently thrown through the brick wall behind him with a crash, and you see him slam through the wall of the neighboring building, then you hear impact after impact after impact as Jake's body is hurled into the night. Jake, there is this flash of light and you are propelled backwards through the wall of this building. You feel the brick give way as it hits your back and then you feel another impact and another and another and another as you crash through this row of old apartment buildings. And it's not like there was an explosion and you were forced backwards. You were being pushed away by something and it does not stop for about half a block until suddenly the force is gone and you fall to the ground in the street. You take three points of damage, armor defeating. Well, fortunately for me, I'm feeling a little bit immortal, uh, which just means that every time I suffer harm, I suffer one harm less. So okay. I only, nice. I only get two of those. Oh, good. TJ and Tass, you have just seen Jake be bodily hurled out of the building, through the next building, and out of your sight. Son of a bitch! I, I lost control. Like, I felt the power go through me and into the ring and then out into the, the portal, but then, like, it, it was, like, too much, and I couldn't just concentrate it all right there. Okay, and it just went... okay, okay, okay. <sighs> Main question, did it technically work? Yeah, TJ, you consult with yourself. You get a sense that, yes, this is working. It is just affecting a much larger area than you had anticipated. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger, that's all. Shit. Yeah. Okay, no, hey, ultimately, good job. Just if a vampire's walking down the street and just clangs against a, a magic wall, they're gonna know something's here. So we need to, I don't know what, I don't know what. We need to go. We just, we gotta go. So yeah, I'm just gonna turn heel towards the hole that Jake made and start jumping from hole to hole and see how far this goes and hope I don't find a body. And what are you doing, TJ? I'm probably kicking myself, but like my other self is probably kicking me too at the same time. So I'm like going down the stairs and the walk of shame down the stairs. Just, just son of a bitch. God, idiot. idiot. So you're like going out the front of the building to the stairs. Yeah. Okay. Jake, as you start to shake these cobwebs out of your head and sit up, Tass leaps out of a hole in the building that you most recently came through, and TJ comes running around the corner uh, on the sidewalk. Are, are you okay? I mean, I'm not ideal. That certainly hurt. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I am super duper duper sorry. Let me see if I can make this right. And I want to try and see if I can heal him with magic. Yeah, you put the reagents in your ring again and you hold your hand out and that magic flares. And Jake, you don't feel anything happen. It seems like this healing magic does not work on the undead. Well, that didn't pan out. Oh, uh, that's weird. And I kind of like shake my hand and like, no, you I, know, I don't think it's you. I think it's me. I just, I think your stuff won't work on me because I'm a vampire. Oh, kind of like Final Fantasy. Exactly like Final Fantasy. Oh, right. I don't love that. Um, Wow, yeah, this is problematic. What do we do? How do you heal a vampire then? I mean, I, th I think I can like drain life and take it, Um, but I don't know to who. Not it. Uh, yeah, certainly your guy wouldn't allow it. No, right. Do I know if there's like this being a vampire town, are there just people to feed off of? There absolutely are. This is a vampire town and 
they got to eat. There are places that you would know you could go when you need to eat. There are places around here. I mean, vampires basically got like restaurants and grocery stores. Like there are people to feed off of, which is fucking grisly, but they're not going to die because they're there to produce food. And I don't know what else to do. Yeah, this gets into the whole doing something bad for the sake of good. But I mean, if you're certain you could do this without killing somebody, if that's what you have to do. I'm I'm kind of hoping I'm going to I'm going to lay this out for you guys. Here's here's my vision for this is that, you know, Nash told us he's trying to make the monstrous chosen, right? So that the monsters have someone to stand up for them. And in our world, the monsters are always living in the shadows and, you know, they've been beaten back and so they feel like they need an underdog. And here, the monsters are on at least equal footing, right? Like the world has turned to shit from our perspective and things are bad. And some monsters are just mindless monsters and some of them are vampires, you know, like they think. I wonder if we don't set things right here, if we can't negotiate a working order before we go. You know what I mean? Like the vampires are having a meeting right now to figure out who gets to run what or whatever, and like they're doing it at the expense of humans. But like humans produce blood. It's just a thing we do that could just be like a nine to five for someone, like go to the blood bank and donate food. Like I feel like they don't have to be at odds. They just are because that's how it's always been how like like you said that's the way it's always been and that's what people do man they dig their heels in if you tell one side that they can't have a thing that they're clearly able to take as easily as they want and tell another side that they should just give it up because that's the nice thing to do you're gonna get heads shaking on both sides i don't know other than a rousing impassioned speech <laughs> like i don't have another method but i think that maybe if we stop the soul bat you know one, we're pretty cool, so hopefully people would listen to us because we just did a cool thing. Yeah, I like that. There's something to that, some leverage point with being able to accomplish this, but I think we have to do that first. Yeah, I'm just kind of getting around to the point that like, I, I hope that this isn't, that this doesn't remain an inherently evil act. You know, like you're talking about doing something bad right now for the greater good. It doesn't have to be a bad thing, but it is right now, and I hope we can fix that. Yeah, dude, I mean, I get it. Like, looking through this version of myself's eyes, like, it's not a secret. He was trying to kill you. You're a vampire. He's trying to kill you. Like, if we could find a way to put everybody on even footing so that there isn't a threat, so that it isn't this tense situation, that's the goal. That's awesome. We have vampire friends. We know it's possible, but this is some grand scale shit going on over here. Yeah. Well, let's call that the long game. I'm going to start writing up my report. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start preparing my thesis and in the meantime I got to go I got to go take some life from somebody. Yeah, okay. We'll stay here, I guess. We'll stay at the house and um I don't know, maybe get a a little start on some investigation, see what we can figure out. And I'll just get as close as I can and yell when I get back. <laughs> That's a point. Do we have like cell phones and stuff? Who thinks they would have a cell phone knowing who you are in the world that you live in now? I think TJ has abandoned technology altogether. Not yeah. me, TJ, but the other TJ, uh, Terrence. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Terrence 
definitely does not have any technology. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't. Um, I think the only other person that I would try to get a hold of would be TJ, and I know he doesn't have that, so I probably had to contact him in other ways entirely anyway. Okay, um, Jake, I guess we'll just stay here. We'll just stay in one of the abandoned buildings that's close that you can still get into. Uh, and if, you know, somebody comes sniffing around, we'll try to sneak out and get into this bubble. Okay. Just be careful, Jake. I will do my best. So where is the closest or easiest place that I can go to feed? It would be the hotel that you were staying at. You're in Chicago for this conference, and there's clearly a place there where all of these vampires are gathering to eat, and it's maybe five minutes away. They're bringing catering for these. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you going to get there? I'm going to fly, y'all. That's so good. Yes, yeah, so the two of you see Jake lift off into the night. Oh, that's cool. He's so sexy right now. I'm trying really hard not to fly with my fists out like Superman. Are you feeling like Magneto, just like hands at your side, just dead-eyed? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll give me away if I fly like Superman. I think they'll be like, you're not you. So it's just kind of arms at the sides. Kind of like Iron Man, really. So what are the two of you going to do while Jake is gone? I don't know. In my head, I I don't think there's a lot we can do without Jake. Um, You know, I think the the mission is make sure that he's healthy before we take off and do what we got to do. Well, I do notice that there are these Jake-shaped holes in the walls that could (laughs) probably be either fixed or illusioned away somehow, maybe. Oh, those holes that lead directly back to the portal <laughs> yeah. that, you're trying, that you're trying to hide. Right. <laughs> well, we know at least a vampire can't get to it. But yeah. You actually be... see a cat like jumping oh. through the holes towards the portal. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, is there any way for oh, me no. to... <laughs> I just pictured a cat jumping into the portal and its lifeless cat body flopping down in front of the portal and just going... Who is it on the other side? (laughs) And we just smash cut. (laughs) (laughs) Me licking my leg. (laughs) Didn't know you were so flexible, did you? (laughs) You just rubbing up against Rev's leg and purring (laughs) in in Jake's tone. (laughs) Let's hear this purr. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now let's hear you hacking up a hairball. Spot on. Uh, no, that that's a real good point. Is there any way for me to do this? To, to illusion this these holes away to where this place looks intact? There's not really an option in used magic that would cover that. I think that this would be big magic, but it won't be big magic like when you tried to, to resurrect tasks. Like it won't be finding other spells and it might be as simple as what you did at the monument. Uh, how Rev went and, and did some carvings and some chalk drawings. So I think that if you want to try to do this, what you'd have to do is go to each corner of the block that you're trying to, because you're not even trying to conceal it, you're just trying to make it look whole again. You'd have to go to each corner of this block and do a little a little etching, a little drawing, and hide it somewhere. And then once all four were there in place, the spell effect would trigger. Okay, uh, then I want to do that. So I think that while you do this, this is going to be an act under pressure. You know, this is a dangerous area, and I think that Tass, you can assist with this by by being his lookout okay. if he if he needs it. Like I don't think you both have to roll act under pressure. 
that's a seven. So with a mixed success, you'll be able to go around to all four corners of this block, get the the runes or the inscriptions laid out so that you can hide this block, so you can hide the, the damage done to the buildings. But it's going to draw some unwanted attention, not to the block, but somewhere nearby, like the, the presence of things that might be on the lookout for you will be closer. Or you're going to have to find something to be the power source. Like it's not going to be strong enough to keep running once you leave. So you're going to have to find something or give something up to keep it powered the whole time you're gone. Or you're going to have to return here regularly to recast it. I'm going to have to go with the power, uh, the the battery or, or whatever it is that I need to create or get to keep this going. Because if we have to leave Chicago and it's just this back and forth thing, that's going to be a pain in the butt. And then I don't want people to hurt us. So <laughs> it's going to have to be the power. Okay. So in the way of a power source, if you have like a magical item, that would count as a magical power source. If you've got some kind of a magical armor, you know, just something that has magic in it consistently, you could use that as a source for the power. I do have a ritual dagger that I could possibly enchant. Oh yeah. Use magic to, to give it the, the magic tag. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, yeah, I think I will do that. Then I'll take out my ritual dagger and I will, uh, let's see, to enhance this, I have little bits of metal shards. All right, we'll use magic. <laughs> uh, that would be snake eyes. And so with my weird, that's a five. So you get to the center of the building and start to do the incantation to make your ritual dagger magic and you just slag it. Like, you pour energy into it, and it just turns into a puddle. And Tass, you see this, that he starts to cast a spell, and he holds his hand out, and these little shards of magic metal fly at his sacrificial dagger, and the whole thing just turns into a pool of melted metal that solidifies into a disc. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. That's, all right, a cool sacrifice on the dagger. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's real cool. Um... TJ, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. You're doing that thing mm -hmm. where every word that you say sounds yeah. like you're lying to me and you're only even mumbling. It wasn't supposed to fucking melt, was it? No, I don't think so. Oh, good. So outright just didn't work. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to look over at Tass and hold out my hand and say, can I borrow your gun? Um, is this is are you just trying this again? Uh, yes, I think I can. <sighs> I've got the shoddy and I've got the revolver. I think a revolver will be fine for this. OK, either way, this has to stay here, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. God damn it. All right. And I'll hand him the revolver. Tess, roll against the grain. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> You're giving up a hunter's weapons. Yes, I sure am. That's an eight. All right, so you're able to give him the gun, but you will have a minus one forward. Okay. I feel like this almost hurts. Like there's that some kind of a pull or something to yeah. stop me. There's a whole lot of memories attached to each of these weapons. Yeah. All right, that was rough. He did not want me to give that over. All right, TJ, roll use magic. And I pull out the little metal shards again, put it in my focus, and... Do a lot better. That's a nine. All right, so what is your glitch? I will take one harm, armor defeating. TJ, roll against the grain. 
Jeez. Uh, two. And I think that you can mark experience for that. You're learning something new. You're, you're learning the boundaries of this other you. Oh, that's nice at least. All right. Choose a different option. And I'm going to mark one dissonance point. Um, I think it's going to have a problematic side effect. Okay. So the problematic side effect with this gun being the magical power source for this illusion is that instead of your fire-based magic, you put into it your necrotic magic. And so this gun will power the spell and it doesn't have to stay here at the location, but it now has this dark pulsing aura to it. And as this aura fades, you have to use the gun to kill something to keep the gun's magic charged. And if the gun runs out of charge, out of magic, the spell here will end. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah. So as I'm holding the gun, I think I'm a little like shaken by this. I'm going to give it back to Tass. We can take this with us, but... You're going to have to probably kill a few things with it. I mean, that's the plan. But you're going to have to do it every once in a while. In other words, the gun requires a sacrifice. Oh, okay. So Tass, that gun now has plus one damage and it has the magic tag. And you can see the aura on this gun. And I think just mechanically, about every six to 10 hours, you think you're going to have to kill something with this gun to keep it charged, to keep the spell going. Oh, boy. I mean, I I hope that at least will appease other me. All right, so you've got all the pieces in place. You look to the side, and the wall seems to be perfectly fine and intact. Well, at least it's working, so that's good. All right. I want to go over and, like, put my hand where the hole was. Uh, Your hand goes through. That is so cool. Hey, these could be, like, secret exits for us if we need to get out of here. Or get back in. Or get back in, yeah. Jake, so you have flown back to the hotel. Uh, It was only a couple minutes to get there. As you are approaching, you start to see others. You see others flying. You see vehicles moving around. Like where you were at before, it was pretty quiet. But after seven, eight blocks, you start to see signs of people moving around. Uh, And there are like spotlights outside of this hotel. There are people arriving in really luxurious cars. There are workers at the hotel coming out and bringing in luggage. Like it is kind of a fancy event going on. How are you landing? Like what's your entrance here? I mean, (laughs) I I can't help but picture the three point superhero landing. Yeah. (laughs) Just land on the sidewalk outside with like no pageantry, you know, just kind of not even stop moving, just kind (laughs) of Mary Poppins land on my feet and start walking inside. Yeah, so you land and you start to head inside. There are bellhops there. Uh, they ask if you need anything as you go through the front doors. No, I'll just kind of you know wave them off and point that I know where I'm going. Okay. I, I know the direction. Yeah, you head further into the hotel and there is a right turn that opens up into a very nice lobby and at the far end of that is a bar. You see that there are some people all dressed in identical outfits. They're going from table to table. They're talking to the patrons who are sitting at the bar and at one point you see one of them nod and roll up their sleeve and hold their arm out and you see one of the people at the table lean in and bite and take a moment and lean back and nod in agreement then the server holds out both arms and the pair at the table pull the server's wrist to their mouths and begin to drink god that's morbid I'll go up to the bar, to the bartender, or whatever seems like self-serve, <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, go get a get a drink. Yeah, so you pull 
a seat up at the bar and this older woman comes up. Is there anything that you're looking for in particular today? Mm, no, any anybody will do. Can I just also get a Coke, please? Oh, sure, of course. And she puts out her left hand and starts filling a Coke and she uh, puts out her right hand to you. I'm going to drink this woman's blood. If there was something that was the opposite of go against the grain, like that's what you feel right now. Like you feel that heat in the back of your throat, in the back of your brain kind of building up, um, but you're able to to keep it in check. Good. And then she hands you a Coke. Uh, I'm going to also drink that okay. in a way that doesn't seem like I'm trying to wash the taste of blood out of my mouth. Yeah. But that's what I'm doing. And she pulls out a handkerchief, holds it over the wound for a moment and uh, goes over to where the cast register would normally be and you can see that she takes something out and, and puts it on top of the wound and then takes a pill. Do I know what that is? Like what the pill is? Yeah, you would know that this is a relatively new pill. It's an iron pill that also has some other things in it that those who are used to be fed on take to make sure that they are creating blood uh, faster. There is, a, there is a little magic in this medicine uh, that helps them rejuvenate more quickly so they can, you know, instead of just feeding one person then having to go and lay down for a couple of hours and um, that they can keep working. Are they easily available? Could I get them? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to get some before I go back. Yeah, that is no problem. You go up to the front desk um, and you can just ask for them and they have them on stock in case you have brought your own companion. Cool. Yeah, they give you a little bottle that's got five in it. Okay, that should be plenty. I'm just thinking that in case like something breaks bad and I've got to feed on somebody else who's not like a willing person that I can give them a pill to make them rejuvenate their blood faster yeah that's why you were looking at me right because it sounded very suspect mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> shit happens you never know <laughs> what is this medicine called it's called hematone <laughs> <laughs> it is it is uh, is there anything else that you want to do while you're here uh i am gonna run up to the room you head over to the elevator. You've got the room key in your pocket, and you go up to the 19th floor to 1907. Uh, all right, I'm going to head in, make sure that uh, everything looks the way it did when I was yanked unceremoniously through space-time. Yeah, everything seems to be just like you left it. Cool. Well, then I'm going to grab my huge sword that I didn't have on me when I was summoned. <laughs> um, it's just one, one of the weapon choices, one of the gear choices for Monstrous is a huge sword. Superb. So I think that's the weapon that I carry. Uh, what kind of sword is it? Uh, it's like it's kind of like a claymore. It's kind of like a Scottish claymore, like a big two-hander or a hand and a half. Oh. Um, and it is uh, uh actually a weapon that I got off of one of my friends who did not survive the end of the world. So you know, checking checking in on somebody after all the soul bat stuff, they were dead, and I took the sword because they didn't need it anymore. So yeah, I'll grab that and strap it onto my back. And then uh, I don't think I need to like leave a note for the other team or anything. Do I think that they know that I'm gone? Um, I don't think you do. You've only been gone 10, 15 minutes. You were in your room alone when you were summoned. So there's no reason to think that they have any indication you're gone. What is the timeline of this event that I'm here for? Like what's, is there anything that's going to happen tonight? When's the next thing I would be missed for? There are a couple things that will happen throughout the night, but I think the first thing that you would be missed for like if if you just didn't show up that you would start getting like text messages or calls about hey where are you would be tomorrow at about one o'clock in the afternoon right now it's like nine o'clock at night um, but tomorrow at one is when the first real meeting happens and if you weren't there your district would be missing a vote and so that would definitely be noticed okay then yeah i'll just i'll i'm gonna take back off here and hope that I'll be back in time tomorrow or that I can be back in time to like represent the district and not draw attention. And if I can't be, then I'll come up with a 
fly then for Ori and Rachel. So you turn and head back out into the hallway. And as you close your door the second time, the door next to your room opens and Ori pokes his head out. He's wearing beat up jeans and a buttoned shirt that hangs open. And most of the skin you can see from the neck down is covered in tattoos. Hey, man, what's going on? I'm just stepping out. You need anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. Do you still want to get dinner? Oh, man, I, I forgot I just had something. Sorry. Oh, okay. Hey, what you got the sword for? We are just in a whole territory full of vampires that might want us dead for one reason or another, so figured I should go out strapped in case shit goes down. Oh, yeah, you're going to go try to pick a fight or something? <laughs> I'm not going to go try to pick a fight, but I want to go prepared for a fight. Speak softly and carry a big stick, all that. Yeah, all right, just a second. And he disappears inside of his door for a second, and he comes back, and he's got, hanging off of his belt, two really ugly-looking set of brass knuckles with spikes on them. We're going to go do a thing? <laughs> <laughs> One last hurrah with Ori. Do I know if Ori's motivations here are the same as they were in our world? Is he still on Vamp Squad because they've got his sister? Has he been blackmailed into this here also? No, he is not. When you were changed and joined kind of their group with Rachel leading, um, he... he gave into it and you know because he had someone to talk to someone who was new someone who didn't understand it uh, and his sister was released i'm trying to figure out like what he would and would not be cool with where does he stand on the issues where does he <laughs> what are his thoughts on like the soul bat having taken over and the condition of the world now it seems like ori here is very similar to the ori you know he's kind of along for the ride this is the flow the world is going and he's got a buddy with him and he's got somebody who's giving him orders and so this is the direction he's going his sister is free she lives her own life um you know obviously he thinks that the soul bat is a bad thing so do i think that if i brought him along there's even the possibility of selling him on like being on our side in this endeavor if i'm like his buddy and i'm the reason he's cool with this would he trust his buddy i think you see in your mind's eye lots of conversations a lot of interactions that you two have gone to bat for each other in fights gotten into things that you didn't have to because of the other one the hardest part would be the interaction between him and tass most likely both ways there would be some issue even on site with one another I appreciate your support and I love your moxie, but if it's all right with you, I, I think I kind of want to go out and just, just by myself, clear my head, check out some places that, that I used to know around here. And is that okay? Are you all right with that? Yeah, I guess you're going to go out by yourself, but armed. Well, yeah, I don't expect anything bad to happen, but just in case it does, I, I want to be ready. All right. We'll manipulate someone. Nine. I mean, yeah, that's fine, I guess. Go out by yourself, but don't take something so obvious. You're like intentionally wearing gang member color in a rival gang's territory that way. It's the only thing I got, though. You want something else? You want to take these? No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll I'll unstrap the sword and open the hotel room door and set it back, you know, kind of lean it in the in the corner like an umbrella. Oh, okay. Well, let me know when you get back. Okay. Kind of slumps a little bit, unchains his brass knuckles and sets them in the like a little key tray in the door and closes the door. Uh, all right. I'll head out and head back to where I left Tass and Terrence. So Tass and TJ, once you have gotten this illusion set up, what are you doing now? Uh, I think I would just be posted up in the building that is, uh, you know, the furthest one out, like by where Jake got launched through the wall, um, you know, knowing that he left from here. This is hopefully where he's coming back to. This is a place still within that barrier. 
um, that I can see out. So I'll just uh, chill there and wait. I will go to the roof and I will also post up and see if I can see Jake flying through the night sky. After about 30 minutes, you see Jake land back down where he had taken off from. Yeah, we'll go down and meet him. How'd it go? Uh, Well, feeding is gross and I hate it. Oh, I'm sorry. I uh, I talked to Ori for a second. Whoa. Because I, I went up to the room to get my big sword. He made me leave it there, though. I still, I still don't have a sword. Oh. Yeah. Do you need it? I mean, I don't need it, but like if I wanted to kill another vampire, I'd need it. Oh, yeah, that's fair. So I basically have until like 1 p.m. tomorrow before anybody should really question my absence. He did ask me to like let him know when I got back, but you know, I didn't say when I'd be back, so. Okay, I guess let's get a move on then. Are we just driving back to Indianapolis? Anybody else have any other ideas? I mean, the only other person we know up here is Strom, if she even exists in this world or has, I don't know, anything. If she survived. I mean, it's vampire territory. I don't know if they'd let a mummy hang around. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She was kind of in between all things on our side, too. If she is, like, legit an information and object broker, then there's a chance. Does that does that register with anybody? The name Strom does not ring familiar in anyone's head, like in someone that you have encountered in this world. I've got nothing like I don't I don't know of her, but I yeah, that that's again, that's the only reason I could think of to stay is if we're going to try to look for somebody that we do know and might be able to help. TJ, can you do teleport magic? Is that a thing? I'm sure given enough time, I probably could. Keeper Rev, can we teleport just with use magic or like a big magic or something? It would probably have to be a big magic. Yeah, do you think it's something you could put together? I like, you know, depending on how long it would take to put that magic together, it might still be a net gain on time. Right. Uh, Did you have any where in particular? Halifax. The Halifax, not Halifax, like Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was very confused there for a second. He'd half woven that spell already. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I could. I'm going to ask Terrence if that's possible. I think that when you start to think about this, you're back in that room and the other version of you is giving you a very skeptical look. Why would you teleport into the Halifax? That's a solid question. Maybe because it's the scene of the original crime, I guess. Even though the source of the soul bat has been moved, I mean, maybe we can get some kind of trace as to where it's been moved from there. But you don't know what it's like there. You're just going to appear blindly in a very dangerous place. Well... Do you know what it's like there? No, I mean, it's, I assume, ever-changing. The soul bed is a living thing. Well, you've been back there, so, I mean, it's not that bad of a place, right? If you can get out of there, right? I was there under a whole lot of different magical effects to hide my presence. Okay, well then, is there any way that I should be able to do that with both of these guys with me? For all of you? Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. It would take a very long time to to build. It would be much heavier magic than I did on myself. How long are we talking, do you think? I don't know. We'd have to research first. Okay, where's your spellbooks at then? I mean, back home. In Ireland? Okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to get out of the headspace and I'll let the guys know that if we do this, it's going to take a while. And it looks like we'd have to go all the way back to Ireland just to research teleporting all three of us in there in a stealthy manner and protect it against all sorts of stuff. So so back up. So to make this three hour drive more expedited. First, we fly to Ireland, do a bunch of research on how to make that possible, and then do it. Yeah. What? It, yeah. What? It, how about the teleporting anywhere part? Is that possible and quick? Could we teleport anywhere in Indianapolis 
quick no. Only one playbook has that move, so I imagine it's got to be big magic. Well, then let's get in the car. I assume that I know where the van is. Dude, where's my car? (laughs) This is the next adventure. Uh, Yeah, you know exactly where your car is. Um, Yeah, I'll lead them over, and it is just a plain van. Um, It's just kind of set up with the the back seat. What would be the backmost seat is, you know, the gun cases and stuff, and um, just otherwise nondescript. So the three of you get into Tass's plain van and start heading back to Indianapolis. Tass, roll act under pressure to drive through this relatively unpopulated city and draw no attention. Oh, goody. Uh, six. <clears throat> Pardon me, six? Can I help? How? By guiding him with my knowledge of Chicago and vampire territories onto streets that seem like they'd be less likely to be traveled, that, you know, there's this big thing going on, so these would be the routes that people are more likely to take, so avoid them. Yeah, roll it. Uh-oh. Four. So as you're cutting down these back roads in Chicago, trying to make your way to the Indiana borders, you can start to head towards Indianapolis. You take a turn down an alley, and as you do, something slams into the ground a dozen feet in front of you, hard enough to shatter the pavement and rock the van. And in the glow from the headlights, you can make out a form in the settling dust and debris. It rises and strides forward, and there, illuminated in the alley, is Ori, wearing the spiked brass knuckles, his eyes glowing red teeth bared and he shouts you let my friend go right fucking now The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. How much do you know about cryonic preservation? Cryonic preservation. The preservation of human beings at extreme low temperature. You mean like like uh, Walt Disney? I swear to God, if you say anything about Walt Disney's frozen head, I'm hanging up this phone right now. Swear to me. Never heard of the Red Valley Seabolt until I just told you. I swear. You swear. Could you take your hand off my knee? Look, Warren, if they're sending the butter wouldn't melt new boy looking for Red Valley, it'll be for a reason. Trust me. People are losing their lives in this company. We pulled him out too soon. He is awakening exactly as we planned. He's dying on me! We're all murderers here. Bryony, you, me, that doorman probably. Guy on the corner there with a the neck tattoo. I bet he's killed someone. Would you like to cut his head off? I'm sorry. The saw is funny. Gordon, why are you sharing this stuff with me? Why are you smiling? I don't know. I smile when things get awkward. Get in your golden bullet, pick me up. You want to go to Red Valley? You want to go to Red Valley? Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley. Red Valley Valley is available on all podcast providers. Do you want to continue?